0: Pace Journal family, wherever you are around the world, welcome to a brand new special show we've got for you. It goes by the name of the Pace Journal Preview and Review Show with the man on your screen, or maybe soon on your screen, the international fast bowler. He's someone that I have uh, tons of respect for. He's well-renowned in the game. Tamal Mills, over 133 T20 wickets around the world. This guy is the real deal. And he's also... The real Analyst as well. During this series, we're going to be previewing, reviewing some of the best series going around in world cricket, and who best, who better to hear it from than the pros themselves. Welcome to the pace
1: mm. Welcome to the pace
0: Tamar Mills, welcome and how are you, sir? yeah good thanks mate bit of an intro not
1: had an intro like that for a while um but yeah i think it'll be good we we spoke about in the team a lot of the content we uh we give on pace journals obviously more technical analysis of you know mindset it's you know we call it timeless content where you um you know you can you can read one of our pace bites in five years time and it'll be relevant but we don't actually talk an awful lot about the actual cricket what's going on in the world um who's bowling well who's not bowling well why guys are doing so well in different conditions so we thought you know, it'd be good to, to start a show with yourself and I mainly, we'll make sure we get some guests on there to chop it up. I'll try and um, delve into my phone and, and call in some favours and get some uh, interesting people to to come on and talk about what's happening in the world of cricket, and kind of we'll, we'll stick to uh, more particularly the world of fast bowling.
0: Yeah, perfect. Today, we're going to be reviewing India versus England. Obviously, uh, such a, a really surprising first test for a, a lot of people around the world watching it but this is promised to be a very highly contested series between two world greats obviously a lot on the line the world test championship uh england need to win three games uh in order to qualify for the final which is at home of course and india just need to win two so a lot to play for and and you can see that the demands of england is clear initially they want to win and want to win comprehensively so a big statement being put out what were your thoughts on that first test tomorrow overall
1: yeah, it was good. It was um, it was nice to see. Also, in England, it was on free-to-air TV, which hasn't happened since two thousand and five for a full series. So Channel Four um, have got the rights to the to the television, so it brought in a new audience, which was nice. Um, freshened it up a little bit. Obviously, Sky do a brilliant job of all the analysis and the technical stuff and the money that they've brought to the game. So it was a little bit of a change, but it was yeah, it was nice to see. It was really competitive. Um, kind of there were battles, lots of competitive battles within the game. Obviously, Joe Root was. Was outstanding throughout the game uh, itself. He's carried on his great form from from Sri Lanka recently, um, and yeah, the, the the pace bowling played a played a much bigger part than probably what anybody expected. You you expect our uh, Test match at Chennai, you expect it to be all spin, dominating turning tracks, which it was. But there were some really key performances from the fast bowlers as well.
0: Yeah, and we're going to definitely get into that fast bowling performance, but before we do that, let's give Joe Root his deserved time on this show. Tamal, he was brilliant. 218, 377 balls, a total of 21 boundaries. What a fantastic player he is. I mean, over 600 runs in 2021 already. And he's already halfway into the amount of runs he scored uh, in the last series, which was in 2016. This guy is remarkable.
1: Yeah, leading by example, obviously. He's one of those batsmen at the moment that you know, if, if he gets past 20 25, you're, you're thinking as a bowler, go, like, oh, we're in for a long day here. And England had a long, you know, couple of days 190 overs they did in the field, and that's tough in the, in the heat of Chennai. Obviously, a lot of spin was bold in that, but you know, for, for all the guys having to stand out in the heat all day whilst um, whilst uh, Joe Roots going about his business, 190 overs of toil out in the dirt is you know, he's in excellent form, as I said, he's leading by example, uh, off off the off the, away from the crease as well, there was a lot of stick um, on social media, particularly about how long England batted in the in the second innings. A lot of guys, a lot of big name pundits, Shane Warne was screaming on Twitter to to declare why you're still batting. You don't you, you've got enough runs, but it proved to be a master stroke and um, got his side over over the line first of all with the bat, and then with his captaincy later on.
0: Yeah, and I think what was interesting for people that didn't know. When England were last in India, they made 477 declared and ended up losing uh, pretty badly. So I think probably the extra security of those extra runs uh, by Joe this time. And it it proved to pay off. So I have to give him credit and especially the England management uh, coaching staff as well. Tomal, you mentioned the fast bowlers. Obviously, 190 overs in the sun in that temperature in India. It's never easy. One of the most difficult things, really. I would say the fast bowlers on both sides had a pretty good game, I was focused on India first, seven wickets between Ishan Sharma and Jasper Boomer. However, the main stat that has, stands out to me is 76 overs uh, out of out of all those overs being bowled were spent by those pacers. And when you look at a series which has a lot of games to come, that could be very pivotable, pivotal. sorry. What was your main takeaway from the Indian seamers, mainly Ishan Sharma and Jasper Boomer?
1: Yeah, you make a really good point. As you said, the next test match starts, what, three days after the the last one ended, so it's a, it's a quick turnaround again in Chennai, so no travel, but, um, it, you know, I'm sure there'll be a fresh pitch. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a lot of work. That's hard work for, as you say, India came in with only two fast bowlers, Bumrah and Ishan Sharma. The rest of the overs bowled by spin, and India are depleted at the moment. Obviously, they had uh, so many injuries on their recent tour to Australia. Their main big guns are Mishadab, Mohamed Shami there, also on the sidelines for now. Maybe it's talk, talk that Shami may be around for the third, fourth test. But, um, yeah, the, the guys in, in reserve, uh, Thakur, Natarajan and Shiraj, they're, they're inexperienced guys. But they did handle themselves well in Australia, so they do have guys to come in if needed. But a lot of pressure on Jasper Bromar and Nishan Sharma. One, to stay fit. Both have had injury problems in the not-so-recent uh, past. And two, to perform with the ball.
0: Yeah, believe it or not, Jasper Boomer playing his first home test uh, in that last test and 83 wickets in 18 matches. I can tell you, you know, people were talking about this guy in the T20 format, but he's really proven to be a gem in all three formats for India and some truly a, a world-class talent. But it's interesting you noted Mohamed Shami, 10 wickets in 2016, the last time England were in India, and obviously not having him will be a huge factor, in my opinion, in this series. Tamal, as a fast bowler yourself, you know how hard it is to toil in, in the hot sun in those conditions would you say there will be rotation? Can we expect rotation from India going forward in this series? You
1: you, you think there'll have to be. As you say, it is so tough. You can't expect guys to play two seamers for all four test matches. So those inexperienced guys that that I mentioned, particularly Natarajan and Siraj, who did handle themselves so well in Australia, they're going to have to come in. They're going to have to perform. They're going to have to support the main guys. Obviously, Ashwin's going to do a lot of bowling from one end, going to bowl a lot of spin. Um, but these guys are going to have to come in and have to you know, find wickets. England have, have already proven that they've got guys in form, obviously, Joe in particular, but they've got dangerous guys all throughout the order, Ben Stokes, Joss Butler, to name but a few, who are obviously well-known in, in in India it's, um, itself from playing so much cricket in the IPL. But um, it's going to be a challenge. Um, reverse swing is going to be a huge part of it. We'll touch on that a little bit more with Jimmy Anderson, how well he bowled, especially in that second inning. He's an absolute magician, but um, there's challenges there. But... I've already seen Virat Kohli and uh, Ravi Ashwin come out and say they weren't happy with the pitch. They weren't happy with the new uh, SG ball that was produced for this game. So the Indians are already having to, you know, a little moan, uh, letting letting the guys know they're not quite happy. So England will be very, very pleased with how that first test went in
0: in all accounts. For sure, man. And um, yeah, and interesting reading something about the second test. Uh, This one is expected to spin a lot more. So no surprises there for sure. Uh, given what England were able to do, their fast were able to achieve, which we're going to get to. Before we move on to England, Otama, Pace Journal has had Ishan Sharma on the show already. You guys have had him. I know he's someone that you're extremely impressed by, uh, someone that you watch very closely. Speak to me about, obviously, being his first test back. How did you rate his performance and how big of an asset is he to India?
1: Oh, it's huge. and Especially considering how, what, the first, maybe two-thirds of his career, how that went. He was kind of seen as a, a bit of a joke bowler by by a lot of counts particularly particularly in India but the last couple of years he's really transformed himself he's really embraced that big in swinger that he bowls we've seen him bowl some brilliant spells and he's you know, he's the leader of the of the Indian pace attack when it comes to test cricket now you saw obviously he took his, took his 300th test wicket he's now played 100 tests almost for India so that's a huge achievement only Kapil Dev and Zahir Khan have taken 300 test wickets as a fast bowler and that's a you know it's an outstanding effort um, there was an outpour of you know, love for him on social media when he got that achievement. Ravi Ashwin in the post-match game, uh, post-match interview. Sorry, spoke really highly of him. But the work ethic, coming back from injuries, reinventing himself, and it's been you know kind of since twenty eighteen when went to Australia. Since then, he's really kind of taken his game to another level. In twenty eighteen, he only averaged twenty one with the ball. In twenty, and then in twenty nineteen, he only averaged fifteen. He was taking his wickets for fifteen apiece. So it's an amazing run of form he had. Obviously, last year was. Pretty much lost uh, to the pandemic, as, as as we all know. But thankfully, we're back playing cricket again. But from an Indian point of view, he can't do it all himself. He needs that backup. Bumrah is still, you know, inexperienced, definitely in terms of bowling within uh, within India. Um, and you know, Mohammad Shami and Umish Yadav, they're they're a huge they're a huge loss. Their stats have been incredible uh, over the last few years. Even sorry even particularly in India, uh Shami has taken 62 wickets, averaging only 21 in India. And Umesh Yadav, he's got 96, averaging 24. So they know their home conditions so well. They've proved it time and time again. But not having those uh, two huge names in their side is going to put a lot more pressure on Ishan Sharma, Jasper Bumrah, and then those young guys that are still to come
0: in. Yeah, Tamal, just before I move on, I, I know you already do have done some commentary work, but I think you're going to be a hell of an analyst <laughs> when you you're playing days. But just to continue, obviously... It's now time to shine some light on the England side of things because I know you're edging to talk about them, but they do deserve it. I mean, the bowlers were outstanding. Uh, the spinners are inexperienced, but we, we mainly focusing on the fast bowlers because I thought if there was any you know, hope of India surviving on day five, a man by the name of Jimmy Anderson uh, really took that away. And, and listen to this transition. In 2016, in three matches, Jimmy Anderson averaged 55 with the ball and took... Four wickets in the first test of this series, he's taken five, so he's already outpassed, surpassed, sorry, his, uh, his previous stat. And what a what a fast bowling display, if I can call it that, we saw from Jimmy Anderson and by extension Jofra Archer on that on that day one as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Look, Jimmy just never seems to. He's never out of the game for very long. Is he? He's always on top of his game. He's such a hard worker. He started to have a few injuries creeping into his game. He had a calf problem over the last year or so, and all of a sudden, social media in the in the press, you're starting to read, "Oh, Jimmy Anderson, he's passed it. He's done. He's over the hill. He won't be coming back from it." Once you start to get these, you know, niggling muscle injuries at when you're 37, 38 years old, you don't come back from them. Well, you know, he certainly does. He's um, he's so highly skilled. He's still like, he's never been an express, you know, 90 mile an hour bowler like Joffre Archer, but He's still bowling good pace, you know, between, what, 83, 86 miles an hour. And he bowls all day. He runs in all day for his team. He's got you know, that bustling, short, economical run-up. And he's just got such immaculate control of length, seam, uh, and then huge reverse swing, as we saw later. It, it, was, it was clear, especially in the first things, that variations are going to be so important. This ball won't swing conventionally for very long at all, especially if you say this next pitch to Chennai may even be even more abrasive. And then we don't know what we... What we we don't know what we're going to get when we get to Ahmedabad because that's a brand new stadium, and I'm sure they've prepared a fresh wicket for uh, for the new stadium. But Jimmy Anderson, no matter what situation you find yourself in, whether it be a nice green one at Lords in in May or you in the roasting hot sun in Chennai in February, he'll find a way to take wickets. And it was a
0: pleasure to watch. For sure, he summed it up brilliantly. Um, and in terms of the reverse swing that we saw in the second innings, two uh, spectacular deliveries to dismiss. Shubman Gill, who was looking good, and Ajinki Rahane took a couple of balls later. Talk to me about reverse swing. It's not something that we've seen uh, a lot, especially in India. But Jimmy Anderson, you know, there's talk about this SG ball, but he did get it to reverse swing. How, first of all, surprised were you by that? And then talk to me about just the skill of being able to do it, and and Jimmy Anderson putting it on display. Yeah,
1: one of the one of the best things about that mm. over was everybody in the world knew what was going to happen. The batsman, the keeper, the the bowler, the commentators, everybody watching on TV—it was Jimmy Anderson was trying to reverse swing that ball back into the right-handed batsman hit them on the pad, bowled them through the gate. Everybody knew it. The batsman knew it, and they still couldn't do anything about it. That's what made it so special. That was how late the ball went. The seam is from Jimmy Anderson is always perfect, um, and it's a real skill. And they say that oh, the faster you bowl, the more the ball will reverse swing. And you know, the fa- traditionally, it's been you know your faster bowlers—Wajeeb show showback ty that you think about bowling reverse swing. Simon Jones that that uh, ball uh, in the 05 Ashes to get Michael Clark bowling upwards of 90 miles an hour Freddie Flintoff but Jimmy Anderson as, as we've said he's not a 90 mile an hour bowler but he's got such immaculate wrist position work of his fingers he gives the ball every chance to do what it needs to do and you have to also give credit to the rest of the England side to get the ball reverse swinging it's a team effort you can't have guys putting your sweaty palms you need to keep one side of the ball dead dry you need to let it scuff up naturally so you need to be bowling your cutters your cross seam balls Buffing up one side to keep it nice and smooth, so then the other side gets really messed up. And then that's, you know, the, pretty much the more messed up it is, the further it will reverse swing. And as we saw from Jimmy Anderson, and to be fair, the Indians were, they did it just as well as well. We saw Jasper Boomer and Ishan Sharma get wickets. Dan Lawrence got one that smacked into his front pad that reverse swing reverse swung back into him. So, um, yeah, it, it was really, really high skill. Um, and it's one that I'm sure we're going to see now for the rest of the test as well.
0: For sure, and... Just about Jimmy Anderson, you mentioned, obviously, his age. He is 38 years old. Uh, we saw in Sri Lanka, uh, he played the second test. Short broad broad sorry, played the first. In 2016, we did see some rotation as well. So I have seen some stuff on Twitter as implicating that maybe we may see Strock-Broad in the second test. What do you think? Do you think there will be rotation of Anderson? It's hard to leave him out when he's bowling so well, but it definitely will be a tough one for the selectors, a tough decision for them to make.
1: Yeah, look, Chris Silverwood, the, the head coach, he's got some tough tough decisions to make along with Joe Root. Because, you, as you say, Jimmy Anderson's not going to want to get left out of that test. Even though it is a quick turnaround, what, three, three and a half days um, in between games, um, he's going to want to be back in that side. Stuart Broad, he was brilliant in Sri Lanka in that first test. Jofra Archer, had, you know, he had a quiet game, but he's that X-Factor bowler. Um, Mark Wood, he's been bowling really quick as well. He was really impressive in Sri Lanka. And you've got Sam Curran, Chris Wokes. Ben Stokes, he didn't bowl too much in the game, but he's obviously going to play. He's your he's your third team, and obviously you're going to play at least two spinners in India. You're going to play Jack Leach and Don Best, so they're going to get a good run in the side unless Mo and Ali comes in for one of them as well. So it's going to be a really tough um, call. Some guys are going to be really hurting, really annoyed if to be left out, especially Broad and Anderson. They're two you know, stubborn old dogs that have been around for a long time and have proven now, and, sorry, time and time again. I think Stuart Broad will be really effective with that really quick leg cutter that he bowls. He bowls that leg cutter that he still manages to get enough pace on it to deviate away. You know, in, in, in T20 cricket, one-day cricket, you're looking to bowl slower boards to take all the pace off. And try and deceive the batsman and make them hit you for six. Whereas in Test match cricket, you see Stuart Broad in particular, Jofra Archer balls a really good one as well. Those fast leg cutters, so you can still, so they still have to because if you get a nick, you need them to carry through to the keeper. So um, it's, it's it's going to be interesting, I say, but I'm sure that the vast majority of guys will play across the tour. Especially Jofra Archer is going to be playing in the One Day Series, T20 Series that's going to be following afterwards. Chris Woakes, Sam Curran, those guys will be involved as well. So you look to those guys probably rotate a little bit more and. I'm sure you'll probably see Broad and Anderson playing together one test or
0: two as well. Sure, and and obviously England taking the option of resting Sam Curran and Mark Wood for the first two tests, so it's pretty much in my opinion, nails on Jofra for maybe one more test, then we may be able to see some rotation with uh, a Mark Wood because it's something that we I actually noticed in 2016 a trend where England went with either Broad and Anderson in each game and then played someone at another pacer like a Jake Ball, etc. So. I definitely think you could definitely see that rotation between an Archer or a Markwood. And then one name that people forget as well is Chris Wolk. So I, I really find it hard to, to believe how England are going to find all these places for the, their fast bowlers. As you said, people will be unhappy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but what just before, you know, we, we wrap up, Tomal, what do you think is England's best bowling lineup? Oh, mate, this uh,
1: is a tough one. What's, what's, so what, for the next, next Test match in Chennai?
0: Well, tell me for the test series because obviously, with I'm I'm asking in reference to all the options. You don't have current and Wood for this these first two tests, but if you had to pick, you know, your best bowling options, uh, obviously with Leech and Best, who would be your seamers?
1: I'd probably, if, if all the guys are feeling fine and they're you know they've pulled up well, I'd, I'd I'd be tempted to just go again with with the same lineup as you say. Um, stick stick with Joffre. For his for his pace and his impact that he has with the ball when those quiet periods do come about, um, as you say, Jimmy was so good, especially the way he finished that Test match. He's so good, and again, if, if the boys have pulled up well, I'd, I'd go with them again. Um, as you say, it's a long tour, so a long series. You've got guys to come back into the to the to the fold um, towards the back end. So I, I'd probably stick with. Um, but yeah, you got to you got to assess the conditions X, Y, and Z. But um, if it's going to be a similar type of pitch, I think the confidence is so high within the team um, that they'll like to likely try and stick with. I think Ben Stokes is is he's a really important kind of cog to the whole unit, obviously being the, the genuine all rounder coming in in the you know the upper middle order. Um, you see his, some games he bowls loads and some games he doesn't bowl at all. So I'm sure they have to try and manage his workload. He might have a few niggles and stuff going around. So any overs that he can bring to the side are obviously really important. He made the breakthrough, got Kohli in, uh, in the second innings when he was set on 72. So Ben Stokes obviously will have a big part to play. I'm just looking at the scorecard now. He only bowled four overs in the second innings and only six in the first. So he should be fresh in terms of uh, match overs. Um, but uh, we'll see how he goes throughout the tour. You obviously have to look after him. You have to, you have to look after your all format players. Play, they said they've got five T20s after these four test matches and then three ODIs as well. So you've got a lot of guys out there with a lot of cricket, especially after coming back from two um, two tests in Sri Lanka as well. So it's, it's shaping up to be a really good series. Um, it'd be surprising if India don't come out firing this this next game, the likes of Rishabh Pan, Virat Kohli, Shubman Gill, um, with the points approved next test match.
0: Before we go, Tamal, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I would like your prediction. Obviously, three more Test matches to go in this four-match Test series. Let's get a prediction from the pro himself, Tamal Mills. How is this series gonna go on in favor of who? Oh,
1: yeah, put me on the spot. We didn't we didn't plan this off air. Uh, look, England obviously one nil up. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give him a two one win over the course of this series. There'll be a draw in there. I'll... Look, maybe, look, how good it this be? India win the next one, draw in the first Test match, at, uh, in the third Test match in Edmedeban, and then England go on to, to win the winner-takes-all last uh, last one uh, come come the, the fourth Test. How about
0: that? Believe it or not, I think this is a, a brand, this is a new England side with fire in their eyes. I think they want a place in that World Test Championship. So I think, I'm going to agree with you, actually. I think England can pull an upset uh, of two, at of 2-1 Because in that third test, I think it'll be extremely fascinating. That's a day-nighter, of course, at Amnabad, as you said. So a lot to play for in this series. You've heard the predictions, guys. You've heard it all the analysis from the man himself, Tamal Mills. I've been Nikhil Utamshanani. Thank you so much for watching the first episode. Tamal, I'm extremely excited about this initiative. We've got a lot of fascinating and exciting series coming up, including maybe even doing an episode for the IPL auction, which is set to take place on February 18th. A review of this series as well, and guys, of course, you can catch this on all the pace journal at pace journal on all of, our, all of our platforms, even YouTube as well, IGTV, Spotify for our podcast. So, really excited, Tamal. And that's the review of the first test. Cheers, guys. Take care.
1: Welcome to the pace journal.